Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. Amen. Thank you, Alan. It is a blessing to see all of you here, and I especially appreciate our guests, and good on you for bringing guests with you, church members. I, I appreciate that you have done that, and each guest is important to us. This is, I pray, a life-changing church because we preach a life-changing gospel and because we worship a life-changing God. I thought about the title. I've been thinking for weeks about the title of my Easter sermon, and I try to, Todd, I try not to blame God on what I do, you know. Um, you won't hear me often say, the Lord told me to do this, but I feel like the Lord's been preaching this sermon to me for weeks now. That means, Mark, I needed it. And my usual practice, Kim and Kim, they're sitting beside each other instead of one behind the other, is, is to just preach to you what God's preaching to me. I figure if I need it, and so he's preaching it to me, I'm, I'm just sharing it with you. Truly, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a life-changing gospel. It says, by this gospel you are saved. And that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture, that he was buried and they was raised on the third day according to the Scripture. This is a life-changing church because the gospel of Jesus Christ, which we preach, is life-changing. And, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that gospel at the beginning. Pastors often, Jackie, leave the, the salvation message to the end, hoping that people will make a decision. But I will tell you that this is the most important thing that you will hear from me today. And that is how to know that you are saved. To be saved, that is to know that you're going to heaven, that your sins are washed away, and that you've been given the gift of eternal life, requires that you believe that Jesus is the Christ. You see, that word Christ means the anointed one of God. That means, Jenny, that he's the Messiah. Adam, that he is the Son of God. 
you cannot be saved without believing that Jesus Christ is who He claimed to be and who we say He is, that He is the only begotten Son of God. You cannot be saved unless you believe, unless you understand that He died for our sins. I know that people try to say, well, I'm a good person. Yes, you are. And, and I was picking on Logan, and he's not here at the very moment that I need to tell him. I was just teasing him, so you'll have to tell him. Um, he is a good person, but and the room is filled with good people. But I got news for you. Look, you're not good enough. None of us are, right? We're all sinners saved by grace. Luke didn't know he's going to get his, call, his name called today. None of us are good enough, Sam. Not good enough to make it to heaven. Christ had to die for our sins in order for us to be saved. He has done all that has to be done. You just have to receive that gift in order to be saved. Believe who He is. Believe in what He's done and that it is sufficient for your salvation receive that gift of eternal life by receiving Him. But there's more. Deepak, you have to believe that He was raised from the dead. Now, I like what Andrea and I think, Todd, you did the carpenter work for that. And I, I, I like the three crosses on the ledge. Somebody, Pam, said earlier, I didn't even know there was a ledge there. That's the old balcony. But I like that. But really, the cross is not the most life-changing event in the world. Because a lot of men died on the cross, but they're all still dead. And if it were not for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus would just be another dead leader. And there are plenty of dead religious leaders. That's not what we need. We need a God who can lay down his life for our sins and take it up again and rise from the dead. And because he rose, Roger, we know that he has the power to raise us. And nobody can be saved that denies the deity of Jesus Christ. Nobody can be saved that denies the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To be saved you have to believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Son of God who died for your sins and mine. And that is a life-changing moment. In all the events of history, no event has so changed the course of history as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what it was like for those who saw him dead on the cross. They saw him die. Case of they even saw them plunge a spear into his side, into his heart, to make sure that he was dead. And then they saw him face to face alive again. Can you imagine what that would feel like?
two of you. You six. This side, check up behind every room. You five. The other side. I want at least two lines for spare, son. Oh, oh, move. Come on, move. I'll pop the end and work my way back. Down, return to camp. Sir? Tribune! Stand down. Look for me shortly. Tribune! Sir, we are close. I can feel I don't it. Need you for this. that make you want to shout? Now, that's not biblical. I, I will tell you that. That is not from the Bible. It is from the movie Risen. But it illustrates so well what it might have been like to see Jesus die and then recognize His face when He's alive. By the way, the theme of the movie is that was a life-changing moment. That centurion's life was never the same again. You have that opportunity today to meet a risen Savior and have your life totally changed. There is in this passage of Scripture that was read to you that Alan read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first 11 verses, there is a portion in the middle of that passage where it lists the people whose lives were, uh, were altered, changed totally because they saw the risen Savior. The first that's listed is known as Cephas, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas. Now, Cephas is the name. We, we don't use that name a lot. That's the name that Jesus gave Simon Peter. You shall be called Cephas. And we know him as Peter. Peter was the apostle 
that followed. He was chosen by Jesus after being baptized by John the Baptist. He was chosen by Jesus to be one of his special followers, one that he would send out, um, and, and that's what the word apostle means. He was with Jesus, Cynthia, during all of his ministry. He saw all of Jesus' miracles. He, he saw the miracles. He sat at the feet of Jesus. He heard all the sermons. He knew who Jesus claimed to be. But Jesus said, you will deny me three times. I, I love the video um, that you saw. Peter denied him three times. And yet Jesus saw fit to meet with Peter after he was raised from the dead. It's, Don, it's almost like he saw in Peter somebody worth rescuing because he had denied him. But when he appeared to the others, he said, and tell Peter to come. I wonder if Peter would have showed up if, he had, if Jesus had not said, said pay, tell Peter to come. He appeared to Peter, and it was a life-changing moment. Uh, Todd preached, I think, the other day from John chapter 21, where Jesus spoke to Peter and said the most important thing he said. He asked him, how much do you love me? But he kept saying, follow me. Follow me. Listen, you may be a denier. Maybe at one time you were a dedicated servant of Christ. You were faithful in church. But the time has come that you've backed away from church. You say, well, I've never denied him. Do you realize if you have not confessed him before others, you've not shared his name, and you've not shared your faith, if other people do not know that you're a Christian, you have denied Jesus. But Jesus still thinks of you as somebody that he loves and he cares about, and he wants to bring you back. Have you deserted him? Have you deserted his church? It's one of the things about Easter is I love seeing people come back that don't regularly attend. I liked it when you were here all the time. By the way, that's what Jesus says. And if you've deserted his church, you say, well, I can worship in my living room. No, the church is an assembly and you cannot worship at home on the couch. Worship on the couch is not the same as worship in the church. And it's time for you to come back. Jesus wants you back. He came here this morning to tell you He wants you back. Meeting Him here today can be a life changing moment for you, if you will allow it to be. The other mention then is of the twelve. It says he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Now it says the twelve for a reason because that was a title. Jackie, there were not twelve of them there. They were called the twelve, but Judas is already dead. 
He said, my, after what I've done, my life is not worth living. Let me tell you something. If you've said that in the service today, you look back and you've said, my life is not w- worth living. If you don't know Jesus, you're right. But Jesus Christ can give you a life worth living. Judas is already dead. Thomas, for some reason, is not there. It just, you know, it doesn't say where he was, what he was doing. I don't know. But I know what it does say. It's obvious that when you miss church, you have no idea what kind of blessing you're going to miss when you miss church. Thomas missed the Lord that day. Listen, he came to the twelve because they were discouraged. Have you ever been there? I think they were depressed. And he came to encourage them in their faith. By the way, that's also why you need church. Because you need to be encouraged in your faith in Christ. When you get together with other believers who struggle with the same things you do, it strengthens your faith in God. And He wanted them to continue serving Him. He wants the same of you. He wants you, Adam, to just keep on serving Him the rest of your days. He came to the twelve. Then it says, He appeared to more than 500. And notice that it says, after that, it appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Now, your Bible, maybe an older translation, Jamie, and it says, the brethren. But we understand that's not just men. That's what they refer to as the brothers and sisters who follow Christ. But I, I want you to think about what happened. It says that he appeared to the 500 brothers and sisters at the same time. Now, when he says that, it's not that he was walking down the street, Cynthia, and he just, he met this one, then he met that one, he met this one, he met the other. It says one and the same time for a reason. Hey, folks, that's a gathering. There are 500 people. Oh, I wish there were. Uh, by the way, I thank you for coming to the second service. The first service would not have held this group along with who was here. And that's a blessing. And so you are a blessing for coming to the second service. Thank you. But wow, if we could have 500 people. And by the way, because there were 500, we're probably talking about a gathering in Galilee rather than in Jerusalem. There were only 120 that met together on the day of Pentecost because they were not in Galilee. They were in Jerusalem, and a lot of those came from Galilee. But that 500, Michael, was probably 500 of his followers in Galilee. Now, now wait a minute. A congregation, a gathering. Jackie, that's an assembly. That's what we call a church, right? He's talking, taught about his church. He appeared as the resurrected Savior in front of his church. And listen. Every time the church meets, no matter 
which of his churches in whatever location, every time his church meets, Jesus is there in the person of the Holy Spirit of God. Did you think about that when you came into the room? Jesus is in the room today. I hope you came to meet with Him. I hope you came to hear from them. Alicia, how many times have you heard me say that if you leave and you've only heard from me, you've been shortchanged? You need Macy to hear from Jesus. You need Zach to hear from God today. And I hope you came today, Nita, with the, with the idea of meeting with God. Because Jesus is in the room. He came to meet with you and with me. And He came to change your life. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is life-changing. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the, most, the greatest, most life-changing event in history. He also appeared to James. It says, then he appeared to James. That's, you know, what I said is just a quote of the Scripture in the NIV. He appeared to James. But what you need to understand is who that James was. That's James, the Lord's brother. That's not James, the brother of John. That is James, the Lord's brother. You say, well, what's so special about that? The fact that until the resurrection, James and the other brothers of Jesus did not believe in him. Now, understand, this is Jesus' younger brothers, born to Joseph and Mary after Jesus was born of a virgin. The thing is... Roger, I know that James had heard the story of the birth of Jesus Christ all his life. Mary must have told him. Joseph would have to have told him, your brother's different. He's different because he's not my son, he's the son of God. James must have just thought, that's just a story to cover up illegitimacy or something. They did something wrong, and that's just a cover-up. He never believed it. The Bible says even his brothers did not believe in him. James was not at the cross. Do you remember at the cross that John the Beloved was there, and Jesus looked at John, the disciple whom he loved, and he looked at Mary, and he said, Behold your mother, Behold your son. He gave his mother to John to care for. Why? Because his brothers weren't there. They did not believe in him. But again, he saw fit to go and get James. To appear to him. To convince him what I said was true. I am who I said I am. I am who your parents told you I am. I am the Son of God. Every one of you have had that moment. It may have been in a Sunday school class. It may have been during a sermon. 
It may have been when your mother or grandmother was reading the Bible to you. But every one of you have had the moment when Jesus whispered in your ear and in your heart, I am the Son of God, and I love you, and I want you to be saved. I want you to follow me. Talk about a life-changing moment. James was changed forever when he saw the resurrected Savior. Jesus Christ, the resurrected Savior, wants to change your life also. Will you let Him? Will you allow this moment when He meets with you and He speaks with you to be a life-changing moment? By the way, James, the brother of the Lord, became the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Jerusalem. That neat? He who did not believe had a life-changing moment with Jesus and became a pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Well, the, then it says, he appeared to all the apostles. Now, okay, so he said he appeared, bud, to the twelve, but all twelve weren't there. But he's making it clear, all of them left. I mean, Judas is not there. So who is there that allows him to say all? Thomas is there. He appeared then to all the apostles. The story is recorded in John chapter 20 that, that Thomas, when the other disciples said to him, We've seen the Lord. Thomas said, I don't believe it. I won't believe it until I put my hand in his side and put my fingers in the nail prints in his hands. And then they met again, and Jesus showed up. And Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting. Just believe. Some of you need to hear that, that message this morning. Stop doubting. Stop doubting what you've heard preached. Stop doubting the Bible. Stop doubting the Christ. Stop doubting God. Just believe. Just believe. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, because you've seen me, you have believed. By the way, this is a blessing on all of you. Blessed, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Why would he say that, Jenny? It takes greater faith. It takes greater faith for you to believe because you cannot put your hand into his side and put the, your fingers into the nail prints of his hands. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. What's keeping you from believing? You've not been saved because you haven't come to Christ. What's keeping you away? Who's standing in the way? What's standing in the way? 
push it out of the way and come to Jesus. That will be a life-changing moment. Why isn't our faith stronger? I said our. I didn't say yours. I said, why is it our faith stronger? There's not a single person here who could not stand to have their faith increased. I tell you what, we need a revival. We need a revival of faith in God. Then he said, and last of all, he appeared to me also. That's Paul speaking. He appeared to Paul. Paul called himself one born out of due time because he was not one of the original 12 apostles. He said, I persecuted the church, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. God took an enemy and not only made him a friend, he made him the greatest apostle of all time. I am what I am by the grace of God. Listen to me. God wants to change your life. He wants your life to be touched and changed forever. Brenda and I were with her mother in the nursing home on Friday, and we started back this way. We had a conversation on the way about how our lives changed when we left Winfield, Alabama. And I said, it's not getting out of Winfield that was life-changing. It's that I finally quit running from the call of God to preach the gospel, and you and I became followers, true followers of Jesus Christ, ready to do anything and go anywhere. My, what an adventure it's been. Seventy different countries in the world, 12 years living in East Africa, living in Russia, living in Australia, living in a little grass hut on the island of, of Vanuatu, or on the island of Tana in Vanuatu. And I would not change a moment. It was the best decision we ever made. What about you? Listen, will you allow the grace of Jesus Christ to work in you? He wants to change you. And the most life-changing moment in your life will be when you decide to follow Jesus. Listen to me. Jesus is in the room. And I believe that Jesus is in this message because it's a message from the Word of God. I believe that Jesus is speaking to some of you about decisions that you need to make. And for those of you on the live stream, He's speaking to you. And what you're not here, but right where you are, by the Word of God, you can call on Him and ask Him to change your life forever. Will you do that? Will you do that now? I'm going to ask you to stand and bow your heads, close your eyes. And I want you to listen for the voice of God as He speaks to you. Because there are people in this room who need 
to be saved. There are people in this room who need to come and be baptized. There are people in this room who need to come for church membership. You've been visiting. Now come and be a part of this fellowship. And there are people in this room who have drifted away from God, from fellowship with God. And it's time for you to come home, to come back, to reestablish a relationship with Him. I would give you this moment to come to this altar, to pray with me, to pray alone if you wish, to make that life-changing decision for Jesus Christ. He's calling. Will you come? Come now. Come now. Todd will be in the lobby. I will be in the lobby. We would be glad to meet with you, to take you to the family room, the counseling room, to pray with you wherever you would like. If you just need to be prayed for, we're here. Look up here. Can I pronounce a blessing over you? Listen. May the resurrected Savior dwell in you, shine on you, and shine through you to a world that desperately needs His light. God bless you.